You're listening to the Traffic and Funnel Show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Traffic and Funnel Show. I am here with the man, the myth, the legend, the beard from the north, Mr. Marcel, co-founder of Parakeeto, CEO, CFO. Do you wear all the hats and you make it happen? What's up? What's up, Chris? Thanks for having me on the show, man. It's great to be here. Dude, thanks for wearing this shirt. <laughs> I do. I wore it just for you. If, you, if y'all are not watching this, this dude's got a beautiful parrot. So this is parrots, right? Parakeets, parrots, all kinds of birds. Oh, parakeet. Yeah, man. You see, you see what I did there? Yeah, I don't know my birds, all right? So <laughs> I'm sorry it's a rough start. I don't know my birds. I skipped that year in school or that class, but um, glad to have you. So just kind of give us some background of what Parakeeto is, your background, how you started it, why you still live in Canada. Sure thing. Yeah. So, I mean, Parakeeto started as a consultancy and our focus was helping service businesses become more profitable. And that really came out of our own experience. You know, my first business was an agency. You know, one of my co-founders runs an agency and we just found that it was really difficult for small service businesses that didn't have access to, you know, enterprise software to answer simple questions like, are we making money on our clients and projects? Are we utilizing our team properly? Like, when do we need to hire? Mm-hmm. Like, how much capacity do we have? Simple stuff like that that you're kind of asking yourself day to day when you run a, a, a business that has a lot of services in it were just painful to answer without spending a ton of time building spreadsheets. And we, we found that that was a real issue. So we decided to start uh, a consulting practice around that, helping other service businesses and agencies start to solve those problems as a way for us to really figure out what the right software product was going to be to ch- tackle you know, solving that problem. Um, and so we just launched our first software product actually after doing that consulting for close to two years called estimate. And it helps you create data driven estimates for your projects based on information about stuff you've done in the past. So how would you define a service business, um, agency? What does that look like in your mind? Yeah. I mean, basically if you have to use human beings to spend their time to deliver, an outcome to a client, whether it's building them a house or building them a website or building them a funnel, then you run a service business and you're at the mercy of, you know, the same real unit economics that any other service business has to deal with. And it is a very challenging business to scale. I think um, a lot of people are sold uh, this idea that starting them is easy and it, that's true. You don't generally don't have a whole lot of upfront risk, but scaling it, that takes some skill um, and it takes some very specific uh, infrastructure and process to do it well. Yeah. What would you say is the number one challenge for those businesses? Probably um, maintaining profitability because unlike a product company, right, you can very much fix the cost of delivering, you know, whatever it is that you sold to the client by just having your, you know, having the right suppliers, having the right uh, production system, having the right manufacturing. But with a service business, unless you have really, really, really tight processes, your cost to deliver to a client has to do with how much time you spend generally doing that thing. And that could vary from one project to another. And so especially when you're dealing with services that are complex or that have a lot of uncertainty in them, then one of the biggest challenges that we run into is people get busy, they figure out how to sell, they figure out how to get clients. And then all of a sudden, and they're like, why are we so busy? And yet I don't have any money in my bank account or like I'm struggling to make payroll. This doesn't make any sense. And so it's about really thinking, how do we earn our revenue efficiently? And that's the, the real disconnect is when you mm-hmm. sell revenue as a service business, it's a liability until you've earned it. 
and how much it costs you to earn it is what really determines your bottom line and how much you can cash flow your own growth. Yeah. I would say after dealing with a lot of clients, you know, we have a lot of agency owners, service-based businesses that of course listen to this podcast, but are also clients. That's a tremendous problem. And they end up being capped, right? Not only in their growth potential, obviously income potential, but then dude, just the, the fact of how terrible their life becomes, you know, and, and having to deal with those issues and, and the emotional toll is pretty intense. Even going through that my, myself, not just with clients. So um, where did the idea of Parakeeto come from through this process? Yeah. So, I mean, really we spent a lot of time helping agencies to kind of solve this problem of like looking at their business and figuring out why are we not being efficient in the way that we earn our revenue. So we do things like figure out how they were actually coming up with their prices and estimating and scoping projects and then how they were actually tracking if those estimates were accurate or not. And then how they were using that feedback loop to actually implement process improvements in their business to make things more efficient and document the way that they do things so that they can scale that impact and scale that service and make sure that the, the profit is consistent. And so we really kind of help them get that infrastructure in place. And over and over, over again, we found that one of the biggest challenges and one of the biggest time drains and one of the things that was really setting them up for failure from the beginning was that they're, they had very ad hoc processes for creating estimations. And oftentimes they did not have any kind of feedback loop. So they would say like, we sold this website for 10 grand and here's how much time we think it's going to take us to do it. And then that's it. We, there was never a cadence to go back and say like, were we right about that? <laughs> if, if yes, why, if not, why not? Like, what's going well, what's not going well. And so the foundation really became clear to us. We've got to formalize and, you know, introduce data into this process of coming up with how much should we charge the client or how much time do we think this is going to take and make it easy for them to have a feedback loop. Because once you have a feedback loop in place for that, then it's so easy to look at that report every week or two weeks or month and say like, okay, we're constantly spending more time on this part of this service than we need to be. And then you can start to have a conversation with your team about why that is and how you can solve it. And you're empowered to actually do something about it. So what you're saying is a big issue that service-based businesses, they're, they're missing really important uh, information, data. They're missing attribution on cause and effect. My time put in what's actually the effect, the outcome of that. Um, and then it just takes a toll on their decision-making. That's right. Or they just don't know how to make the right decision. They're not empowered to do so. And this is where it becomes a real issue as you scale, right? Because you know this, once you hit around 12 people, you can't really do the client work anymore. So now you have to manage through someone and you need visibility in order to pick your battles. Cause once you hit that scale, you can't be involved in every problem. You need to pick which ones you're going to get involved with. And when you have no visibility into where the issues actually are with some kind of an objective set of data, it's really hard to make those decisions. And then the bigger you get, the more you have to learn how to manage through people and having data to empower each set of management that you install and to empower you becomes a critical way for everyone to actually take ownership of what they're doing in the business mm -hmm. and have some feedback on how they're doing. That's not relying on you being involved or checking in or keeping tabs on them. And yes. so that's a, a really critical thing. And we can get tactical about like how to set up that data and stuff, but um, that it's a real, real challenge and also a real opportunity. If you're in a position where you're now figuring out like, okay, we, we know how to sell now. How do we grow past, you know, this first kind of growth ceiling that you might be running into? So someone who's at like 12 employees, typically, what do you see their revenue being? 
It depends, but generally we're seeing anywhere from $150,000 to $250,000 in annual recurring revenue per head, uh, depending on what kind of services they offer. So at that rate, you know, you might be $1.5 to $2.5 million in revenue. Um, that's generally a, what we see. So what, what would you say is maybe the hardest stage from someone having a smaller agency to kind of getting to that next level where they might get over that hump to get there? Yeah, I, I would say that like what I see is there, that's really the stage where the founder is having to like finally really let go of like being in the trenches, doing the client work and letting go of all the things that they believed up until that point only they can do or that are too hard to outsource or too hard to scale, right? Too hard to give up control of. And a lot of times they're experiencing cash flow issues because they've kind of been the bottleneck up until that point. And you might not see it this way. It might feel like there's other things that are the problem. Like most often what we see is they think it's a revenue problem, right? It's like, we don't have enough cash in the bank account, so we need to sell more. But the problem is not starvation, it's indigestion in this case. The problem isn't that you're not getting enough revenue, it's that you're not actually earning that revenue efficiently enough. And so if you try to sell more, you can actually make your cash flow problems worse because now you've got all this work to do and the cash relative to the effort is just not equitable. Right. So often what we have to do in that situation is stop and say like, okay, cool. We know how to get clients. That's great. We've sorted that part out. Let's have a look at how we can hit a 50 to 70, 80% gross margin every time we do a project. And let's measure that. And then let's try to make that predictable. And then we can really set ourselves up to scale and know that we're going to have enough cash to weather you know, all the different problems that we're going to run to as we start to scale, to start to hire out ahead of our needs and things like that. Um, so if you're feeling those symptoms, I would really encourage you to kind of take a step back and think about how can we evaluate how efficiently we're earning our revenue. And you'll likely start to surface opportunities to narrow your focus at this point, because you, you might have kind of gotten to where you are by taking on a lot of different types of work. And now what's important is to figure out like, what kind of work are we really good at and that pays us really well and that is going to allow us to scale. And the data is going to help you make that decision. Yeah. So people probably don't believe you that you can actually scale the business profitably. So what are some of the, the key ways that someone listened to this, they're maxed out, they're kind of experiencing that they're on that precipice of scale and growth and new levels, but what are those key components that they need to actually keep more cash at the end of the month? Yeah. So there's, there's two things here that I, I want to reference. The first is efficiency, right? So your efficiency as it relates to earning revenue has to do with the volume of time that's invested, right? So did it take you 100 hours, 200 hours, 500 hours, right? And it doesn't matter if you have salaried employees or if you work with contractors, you'll feel it immediately with contractors because you, you, know, you might be paying them by the hour. With salaried employees, people don't think about it the same way, but the cost is still there, right? You're paying them for mm -hmm. you know, 2,000 hours a year and you got to make sure that you're getting them to earn as much revenue as possible in that amount of time. So it's, right. it's to your benefit to make them efficient. So that's the first thing, right? Volume determines efficiency. So you really want to dial in your efficiency. Cash flow is a function of the amount, like the duration of time that you complete the work on. Because I'm going to assume that your contract has some kind of upfront deposit, maybe some milestone payments throughout, and then most of the money you're going to get at the end of the project. So you're incentivized to get the work done quickly so that you can get your cash turned over more quickly. Yeah. So those are kind of the two differences to think about, right? Volume is profit, duration is cash flow, and you know, depending on what your situation is, maybe you are efficient, but your cash flow is poor, then focus there, focus on your contract terms, focus on finding ways to get things done faster, right, rather than stretching engagements out. And if you're 
problem isn't cash flow, it's more of profitability, then what you really want to do is set up a four-step framework to start to fix that. The first part of that framework is formalize the way that you estimate your work, right? So every agency that I've ever talked to has the same process for estimating work. They ask questions to their clients and they collect what I call scoping metrics, right? And those scoping metrics might be how many web pages do you need on that website or how much ad spend are you going to have every month or what's your budget, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're going to have some number or some quantifiable thing that you're asking the client for in terms of what their needs are. And then you've probably got this kind of sentence in your head consciously or subconsciously that's like, well, for every X number of web pages, this is how much time and effort it's going to add to us, you know, having to do this project. And we want to make that sentence that we, you know, articulate in our head when we're coming up with these assumptions, data-driven. So start to capture that scoping metric on the front end and then start to structure your estimates in a consistent way and then go and audit how you're tracking your time and your costs and map those two things together. And this is, seems so simple and so like straightforward and I see it break down all the time where it's like your estimate says this is how many designers and developers and project management hours we're going to need and then your time tracking tool is like 30 minutes on wireframing the homepage and four hours on the copy. I'm like, well, is, what is that? Is that design? Is that development? Like it doesn't mm-hmm. map. So if you want to answer the simple question of like, were we right about that assumption or not? Well, you got to spend two hours parsing that time tracking data in a spreadsheet. Of course, you're not going to do it. It's too much of a pain in the butt. So make sure that that stuff maps. And then it's going to be so much easier to get the first part of this framework down, which is, you know, capture your assumptions in a consistent way and then measure reality and have a feedback loop between those things. And then the second part of this framework is more qualitative, which is a fancy way to say, talk to your team. So once you have information about this project went super well, this one didn't, this part's going consistently well, this part's not, sit down with your team and ask them why. Why is this stuff going so well? Why is this stuff not going the way we planned? What ideas do you guys have for us to address these things and become more consistent and become more efficient? Get your team to service these ideas so that they're bought into actually implementing, maintaining, and updating these processes and then assign, you know, people to those tasks that you I agree are going to have an impact. And that feedback loop from assumptions, reality, feedback from the team and processes can go around and around and around. And your business essentially starts to tune itself. You have this feedback loop that you can bake into your operational model. And all you really have to do at this point is define what's the cadence. How often are we going to meet to talk about this? And that really just comes down to how many projects do you have? What's the turnover look like? What's the rate of change? For most folks, it might be biweekly or monthly, and that that should be enough to like systematically start to make you more efficient over time and bake scalability into the way that you operate the business and get your team involved, which is important. Yo, what's up, crew? Taylor Welch here. And if you're a fan of the show and you want to get a little bit deeper in your commitment to your business and your growth and your revenue, head over to trafficandfunnels.com slash subscribe. As a subscriber, you're going to get a free gift from us just to help you grow your business and It's our way of saying thank you for joining the family. Our exclusive offers and deals usually show up to this subscriber community as well. So you'll get first dibs access on anything new, anything exciting. And most of the time, that means profitability for you. Visit trafficandfunnels.com slash subscribe. I'll see you on the inside, my friends. How profitable do you think most agencies, service-based businesses are? Most agencies are struggling to hit a 10% net margin at the end of the year, which I find pretty sad. That's the industry average. The benchmark when I talk to most accountants is 15%. The clients I work with, we aim for 25 to 35% net margins at the end of the year. And I've had some clients exceed that, right? It's very attainable, but 
most agencies are struggling to even get, you know, around 10%. Once you adjust the founder's compensation for what they should be making, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of them will be like, oh yeah, we made 20% profit last year, but I only paid myself 25 grand. Well, it's like, that's, that's not really equitable, is it? Right. All right. So I'm an agency, I'm doing 10% uh, net profit. I come to you. What's the, what are the, some of the first things you're going to look at? Like, dude, Chris, you're blowing it. This is what we need to fix in the business to get you up to that 25% minimum. Yeah. So the, the first thing I'm generally going to do is I'm going to take a look at your team and I'm going to model out what is your capacity, right? So like how much revenue could you earn with this team based on what you're telling me, you know, your rates are and how you price things and how much time your team comes to the office and how much vacation they have. We can model all that out. It's actually pretty straightforward math. And you can do this at home. We have a spreadsheet that you can just download and do this for yourself and figure out like how much money should I be making with the team? That that I yeah, that's right. Yeah, just paraquito.com forward slash toolkit. There's a spreadsheet in there called the agency model generator. It's the same thing we use with our clients. So you can go in there and model out based on my team, how many hours they come to work, how much I pay them and how much I charge for our services. This is how much money I should be able to make with my business. And then it'll help you figure out here's how much I should be spending on administration, sales and marketing, um, you know, spending on operations, things like that, overhead facilities. And then based on that, you know, this is how I can hit my 20, 25%, 30% profit margin. So that should give you a benchmark in terms of what you need to aim for, for sales. And then you should be able to diagnose from there as you start to hit those sales numbers and keep your team busy. Is it a utilization problem, right? So is it that the way you're setting up your team in terms of how much vacation time you give them or how you're asking them to get tasks done is not allowing them to be efficient enough to earn that revenue? Or is it that you're bad at scoping and you need to tighten up the processes for how you do things? Is it that your, your pricing is just not realistic based on the amount of time that it takes? So the first thing we're going to do after we model that out is actually just set up the systems to measure this stuff. So we're generally going to audit the time tracking solution. If you don't have a time tracking solution, we're going to either implement timesheets or a resource-based plan time tracking solution. And we're going to audit your accounting system so that we can have a look at, you know, is your chart of accounts set up to actually measure the stuff that you need to be paying attention to here to benchmark yourself. So we audit those systems and, and then we also make sure we audit right up front the estimation process. So those are kind of like your first three cues is, you know, model your agency, audit your tools, and then standardize your process for estimation so that you can start to actually track where the issue is. Mm. And then it's just a question of following the data. The data will tell you, hey, you're like websites, you're spending twice as much time as you think you're supposed to on these websites. So that now you can have a conversation about do we, is it a pricing problem? Is it a process problem? Is it a little bit of both? And you can start right. to actually work at it. How many people, these businesses you think are undercharging what they should be for these different services? A lot. <laughs> and why yeah, do you think that is? Um, most of the time um, we see this, especially where there's a lot of complexity in the work, but um, they're basing, the pricing on their costs, right? And so I think it's easy to get confused when we talk about, you know, you should be scoping your projects and formalizing your estimation process. That's not necessarily to come up with what you should be charging the client. It's really just to check if what the client is willing to pay, what the value to the client is, is relative to the cost basis and allows you to be successful. But most people are pricing based on their costs or they're pricing based on what their competitors are charging or they're just selling to the wrong client, right? And I think what a lot of folks need to start mm. thinking about is how does what I do change in value as I sell it to different people, right? 
Mm-hmm. Like why is, why is an airline willing to pay a million dollars for a logo and the restaurant owner down the street isn't willing to pay 200 bucks? Right. Right. It's because the airline has a $40 million print budget. They have to go put that logo on like a thousand planes and yeah. put it in a hundred airport kiosks. So it makes sense to them to de-risk that for a million dollars, even if the amount of work to your agency is exactly the same. Mm. So really start thinking about like how elastic is the value of what we do relative to the, the size of the problem we're solving for our customer. And if you can have that conversation during sales, then you might be able to hit 80, 90, you know, plus percent profit margins because the work doesn't change. You can still keep your processes tight, but you can start to detach the pricing from the actual process, the time or your cost yeah. basis as an agency. Money follows value, man. And I think it's, such a detriment to a lot of these owners. I know I've been there before that when you don't understand your own value and not only that, but how to help a business owner extract, extract value out of what they're doing, especially in your relationship, it's so difficult to get to the numbers that you want. So good word, dude. I want to caution people on this though, because I think that like, I I agree that most agency owners should increase their prices. And if Mm -hmm. you haven't done it, like I encourage you to give it a try. However, it's just because you've raised your prices, it's going to alleviate a lot of these problems that you're experiencing in the short term. But if you don't actually still go back and make sure you have good processes and you're consistent in the way that you estimate and scope, and you can predict what it's going to take to get these outcomes to your clients, these problems are going to come back and bite you in the ass. And the reason for that is it's really hard. Like once you cross over that 30, 40 employees mark and you start to like really scale, your biggest challenge becomes figuring out who to hire and when and resource planning and capacity. And that is nearly impossible to do if you don't have a process in place where you can accurately predict, here's what it's going to take for us to get this done for our clients. If you don't have that sorted out, modeling that scale is, is like super, super tough. So go and increase your prices, do that, but don't let that be the reason that you just continue to ignore the fact that you haven't really dialed in, you know, your processes for efficiently getting work done for your clients. Yeah, essentially, you need to have high standards for the new level of revenue and income that you're bringing into the business, meaning that you must have really great utility, right, for the money that you're making. So increasing your effectiveness, your efficiency, the team, all that kind of stuff, because dude, we've been there where we've grown our team from small 10 people to 30, 40. Now it's up to like 100. And it gets more expensive, man. So if you don't know your crap, you don't know your numbers, dude, it sucks bad. And I, yeah. I've been there where it's like, dude, we're just making cash hand over fist. It's like, oh man, <laughs> we're set. We go, we scale, we hire all these people. It's like, God, I want to quit. This sucks. <laughs> right. I don't know if you've experienced that, but dude, it's awful. 100%. Yeah. So. I mean, we, we've gone through it with our clients, right? Where they're, they're scaling and it feels like everything's going well. And then all of a sudden, the cash flow problems start to hit or, you know, we, we start to like really struggle with throughput on client production, or we start to like have a lot of stuff kind of going wrong at the same time. And it's yeah. where, you know, the, the business is starting to break and it's, it's a natural phenomenon, right? You, your business is going to constantly kind of be broken, especially mm-hmm. if you're scaling fast, that's a normal part of it. But having data feedback loops allows you to kind of get ahead of those things or get on top of them quickly and really decide like, where's the highest return on investment? Like where, Where's the real bottleneck in the business that we need to be focused on unblocking? So, because so much of it comes down to sequencing, right? It's not about solving problems. It's about solving the right problems at the right time. Yep. hundred percent. Good word, dude. 
Um, so how do people find out more about you and what you do? Where do we send well, all these amazing people to? <laughs> well, if you're listening to this and you want to get access to, you know, the, the model generator I talked about, as well as some other cheat sheets and uh, models that we've used with our consulting clients to help you run a better service business, you can head to parakeeto.com forward slash toolkit and download all those resources for free. Uh, make sure you follow our podcast, the Agency Profit Podcast, where we nerd out about this kind of stuff all the time. And I'm all over the internet. So Facebook, LinkedIn, feel free to connect, feel free to send me a message. If you got questions, if you want to get nerdy about your services, I'm always happy to talk about that stuff. It makes me happy. Awesome. Any, any last words of wisdom, any questions I should have asked that I didn't, I failed you. Um, You're like, I need to get this last thing in. No, I would say that like my, the, the one thing that I feel like I'm constantly repeating myself on, but can't be overstated is that, um, I think time tracking has a bad rap and I don't sell time tracking software. So this is not coming from a place of like buy my stuff. It's really coming from a place of like, most people reject the idea that they should be tracking time in their agency or their service business, but that's like 40 to 65% of your P and L your direct labor. It just, it just right. is. So like not tracking that just feels crazy to me. Timesheets is not the only way to do it. And I know that you didn't get into the business to be looking at spreadsheets. You probably got into it to do creative work that you love and stuff that's interesting to you. But like, if you're really about scaling, you know, for your family, scaling for your team, or just, you know, scaling to have a bigger impact, this is this data set. If you can create it and keep it clean and keep it consistent is going to be one of the best assets that you can have to help you actually make the right decisions and, you know, lead your company to a larger impact. Awesome. Good word. Thanks for uh, the value that you brought, the time. And you guys and gals, go check out Marcel's stuff. And get one of those shirts. Can you send me <laughs> one of those, dude? I, I can, Chris. I will send you one of these. You got to promise me that you'll take a selfie on your boat next time you're out. I will, dude. I, I feel like I would just feel way more powerful if I had one of those shirts. <laughs> also, right. you just send me your size and I'll get it to you. And thanks for having me on the show, man. This is great. All right, bro. See you. Thanks for listening. For more from Chris and Taylor, visit trafficandfunnels.com and get a free gift just for being a subscriber. That's trafficandfunnels.com.